0: Numbers. I'm glad to be here again tonight. I enjoyed uh, the singing I enjoyed a good fellowship. I tell you you got a great spirit uh, in this church. Amen. Now let me tell you something to help you spirit. if you want to turn it up a notch, you come to that prayer meeting Saturday morning and get here with them men and get God uh, even more. Uh, I'm telling you if we don't pray we're in a fix. Right. We're in trouble now that we can't preach our way out of the mess we're in. Brother, we got to pray our way out. And everybody's come out of their closet. Old Brother Roloff used to say, they've come out of their closets because we quit going in ours. And that's right. Yeah. And brother, we'd better we better pray. If you've ever prayed, you better pray now. I, I'll tell you, I've just got a place. I'm not letting nothing interrupt me Pray. If i got somebody need me to call them, I'll call you after I finish praying. I've got, got to pray. I'm telling you, I've got to. You know, today, i tell you, God answered a prayer for me today. we got a some of his family might be watching tonight. I don't know. We've got a fellow in our church been there ever since i been there, Ronnie Hilton. Ronnie was, uh, you know, had some, uh, he was down syndrome. And Ronnie was a sweetest Christian. Just a sweet man. I mean, just as good a Christian as I've ever met. But boy, he loved God. But Brother Ronnie got sick a few weeks ago and he's had dementia on top of it and, and Alzheimer's. And so uh, he's just had a hard time. Then he got the virus. and uh, But he got better from the virus, but the dementia and all of that, he just had a lot of problems. Well, I've, I've been going over to see him the last few days to check on him. Well, I was going to go this afternoon and I called over there this morning. And uh, I called over there and his sister that's taking care of him answered the phone, Bonnie. And I said, Bonnie, I'm, I'm coming in a little bit. Check on Brother Ronnie. And she said, well, preacher, I don't know what's keeping him alive. I just, I don't know. I have no idea. She said, uh, uh, we've all told him it's all right to go, but, uh, and, and we've all told him we loved him. All the family's been here. I don't know what's keeping him here. She said, would you pray with him and talk to him? You don't have to come over here if you just get on the phone. And tell him. I said, put it up to his ear. Now, he can't respond, you know. He's just laying there on oxygen and hadn't, hadn't responded to anything much. And I said, put it up to his ear. Well, it, they did. They put the phone up to his ear. And I said, Brother Ronnie, I said, this is a preacher. I said, listen. I said, I know you're hanging on. But I said, Brother Ronnie, I will tell you, Paul said to depart and be with Christ is far better. I said, Brother Ronnie... I just want to tell you, you, you don't even realize how much better it's going to be when you get over there with Jesus. And I said, uh, and get out of this whole world. And I said, Ronnie, you've lived a good life and we all love you. And we're going to see you on the other side. And I said, I'm going to pray for you to just go on and be with Jesus. And I said, Ronnie, I'll see you on the other side. And uh, I prayed, I prayed And I said, Lord, you take Brother Ronnie on. Just let him come on in, and we'll see him there. And Lord, I'm praying for his family because I said, uh, you know, they're they're left behind. But I said, Ronnie's coming to see you. And I said, Ronnie, goodbye, and I'll see you over there. And so his sister said, thank you, preacher, for calling. And we'll let you know how things go. Well, she hung up. Well, it wasn't just a a minute. She called right back. She said, preacher, you're not going to believe it. She said, when you said amen, he took a breath and stepped into heaven. Amen. Ain't that something? She said, he was just waiting on his preacher to tell him okay. Amen. And I'll tell you something, friend. Uh, I said, glory to God. And old brother Ronnie, I said, uh, she said, preacher, you think he's hugging Jesus? I said, I don't know. I said, they probably got to catch him first <laughs> before he can hug. I said, Ronnie's probably running because he's never known what it is a day in his life to be what we call normal but that boy loved God and he's with the Lord but you see uh, God hears and answers prayer now he does he hears us and so you'd be well off to come to that prayer meeting fellas Saturday morning and pray you know the littlest attended thing you'll ever have will be a prayer meeting the closer you get to the cross of Jesus the littler the crowd gets that's right. Sunday morning, you got a big crowd. Sunday night gets thinner. Wednesday night's littler. You you get soul. When visitation gets smaller, you have a prayer meeting. You can put you can put everybody in the Volkswagen. About shows up for it. You know why? Because it, 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 it's not anything. It, it's totally against the flesh. You can do a lot of things and still do it. You can preach in the flesh. You can sing in the flesh. You can do a lot of things in the flesh, but i tell you something you can't do, you can't pray. And if you get in the, and you get out on your knees, you you, you you get down to where God can talk to you too. You get in that prayer meet. I'm glad to see you. Brother Steve, I love you and love your church and your people and thank God for you. And I'm glad to be here. Thank y'all for everything. Thank you for being so good to me and my wife and we appreciate it. Now, let me just say this, and I'm going to preach to you. We got a man here tonight. I didn't even know he was coming. One of my fellows from our church, Andrew Merritt. I don't know if there's any other pastors here tonight. Brother Andrew is a member of our church, and he's fixing to go within a year or so, maybe a year to a year and a half. He's going to leave us, and God's willing, he's going up in the in the in uh, New York, New Jersey, that area, in that area right there, and start an independent Baptist church. Amen. Now listen, I'm careful about who I say, you know, to support. But I'll tell you right now, if he is leaving tomorrow, I'll take him on because I'm I'm for it. And I'm gonna tell you, brother Steve, when y'all get ready to uh, to pray about maybe in, within the year or so, helping somebody. This man is a good one. I'm talking about he's a soul winner. He lives right. His wife with him in this thing, and they live right, clean, bus man, soul winner, he'll get the job done. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir, he'll get the job done. And I, I I put my stamp of approval on him. He's a good one. So I just wanted to say that tonight. And I know there's a bunch of people watching, so y'all take note of that too. And uh, you know, now when you talk on the, behind the pulpit, you talk to the whole world. You just talk to a few. Used to this, anybody there, there's a crowd. Anytime you preach, there's a crowd now. Because you got hundreds, sometimes thousands even watching. Amen. I hear from people at the church like you do that I don't even know they exist. There was a man the out there who sent a message to me to pray for him. I don't even know who he was. Asked me if I'd pray about God using him and putting his power on his life. I don't know. So it's a different thing. But if we're smart, we'll get the gospel out while we can get it. Well, thank you for everything. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Numbers. Brother Steve, thank you for having me. And I've preached for you, I don't know how many years in a row, boy, a lot of years, and I appreciate it. And y'all pray for me this year that the Lord will use me at my church. You know, I'm starting 37 years. You know, after you've been that, after you've been there, you know, 37 years you've been somewhere, people get tired of you a little bit, you know. I mean, that's a long time, stay in one pulpit. Isn't it? It is. It's God's almost four decades. Uh, you know, Dr. Lee Robertson was at Highland Park 40 years. That's only three years from where I'm here. And we, I used to say 40 years, you know. And Dr. Howell about 41. Bob Gray in Jacksonville, 41. Curtis Hudson, 21. Dr. Seitler, over 40 years. Jack Hudson, probably 40 years. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you're getting up in a lot of years behind you. So you pray for me. And then I preach a lot of meetings, too. I preach a lot of meetings. Last year, I had 45 meetings scheduled, 45 meetings to preach last year. And some of them got canceled because of the, you know, the virus. But uh, you pray for me that I'll do the will of God. Amen. I want to do what God wants me to do. Amen. Amen. I told you last night, I've got no time to waste. I've got no time to waste. I ain't got a long, a long time left. I ain't got no time. I, I, I realize I'm going down the home stretch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I got way more behind me than I do in front of me left. And I want to do the will of God. I don't want to piddle around, man. I want to have the hammer down with the smoke rolling out from of my tires. Amen. Coming in there, amen. amen? I don't want to be idle in there. And no, sir, brother, I want to come in there and listen with a hammer to the metal and doing all I can do for God. So you help me and pray for me. Well, the Book of Numbers, chapter 12. I want to try, you know what I was doing last night, try to help you and help your church, Brother Steve. Do you know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to try to help you and help you church. I'm not interested in preaching pretty sermons or what they call classing, preaching great messages. I'm interested in people getting the help. Amen. If you get help, I got help. I said, if "They got help, man. that's all that matters to me. I'm going to read several scriptures tonight out of the book of Numbers, beginning in chapter 12, verse one. It says, and Miriam and Aaron, look at this, spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, Miriam and Aaron was Moses' sister and brother. Aaron was the high priest. Miriam if you study it, the Bible calls her a prophetess. Now, I don't know what a prophetess is, to be honest with you. You say, what is that? I ain't sure. But I'll tell you what I believe it was. I think she had something to do with uh, maybe maybe teaching ladies or even a part in the music because when when they were singing in Numbers or in Exodus 15... The Bible says she led in some of the singing, some of the music there among the women. When Moses wrote that song, when they crossed the Red Sea, they didn't move till Moses finished that song. And then, brother, they went into singing. And you know, singing is such a big part. You know why brother Steve had the choir sing tonight and had the non-sisters come and sing and all of that? You know why he had to, to set the spirit for, for what we're gonna do tonight and to worship him. That's what all that's about. We don't have singing to just take up space in the service. It's about honoring the Lord. Yes, sir. And uh, we need to think about what we sing. Boy, in my devotion this morning, I was thinking about what we sing. When you sing, when you got a hymn on your hand, are you really thinking about what you're singing? I don't know, but I, I, I thought about something last night. Let me just get on this. We're not in a real, real big hurry, are we? Let me, let me tell you something. Brother Steve, that song we sang last night when we left, I don't know if you even pay any attention. But that song that we sung when we got ready to leave here last night, you ought to shake in your shoes when you sing that. Whatever it takes. Can I tell you a quick story? And then I'll go back to the sermon. A young girl in my church come forward one morning and knelt right there. 17-year-old girl, senior in high school. She's, Preacher, you pray for my mother and daddy. They're not in church and they're not in fellowship with God. You pray for my family. My family, a bunch of them's lost. bunch of them needs God. They're lost. Some of them ain't right with God. And she was. I mean, that girl loved the Lord. She, and tears was dripping off of her face when she come out of the church. And she said, Preacher, would you pray with me And I told God this morning at the altar, whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes. Now listen to this. She walked out the door. I watched her walk to her car and get in her car. She drove off. That was Sunday morning. Wednesday morning or Wednesday night, a drunk driver hit her running full blast. Killed her and both of her sisters. And that's what it took. So when you say, and you sing that song, when that thing's put up there and you just said, to, whatever it takes, you better really think about it. When you get ready to sing that, brother, it ain't just a he wrote for something to end the service with. That is something that you ought to really pause and say, hey, brother Steve, I'll be honest. I stood there last night I said, you know, Lord, can I really sing that? We just sing. We just sing whatever's on the board. A lot of times, follow follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow on. What if God told you tomorrow to quit your job and walk in and quit like he did that old boy we support out in Utah? You know what I'm talking about. You probably support him was working for a race team and walked in and told uh, the coach of the, the Washington Redskins, I know you're supposed to say Redskins now, but I, I don't know what to call them. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Well, anyhow, he walked in, told Joe Gibbs he's quitting. He said, I'm going to the mission field. Right. Hey, he quit a job making big bucks to go have to race a port to go live in Utah, a place started, Utah start an independent Baptist church in the Mormon capital of the world. But you know why he went? Whatever, Lord, wherever you lead me. Brother, let me tell you something. We better think about things. Now, I don't know how I got off on all that. But but it is something to ponder. Isn't it? Now, let me just go on. But Miriam, I was going that thing about a prophetess. I don't know, Brother Steve, really what that meant. But I'll tell you what it done. It didn't do her no good to be one. You know why? Because she was talking about the preacher's wife. And I'll tell you what, she getting ready to get a Bible lesson too. Look what it says. Miriam and Aaron, verse one, spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman and they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath... He not spoken also by us. Look at this, the next statement. And the Lord heard it. Buddy, God's got ears. And the Lord heard it. But watch what you say. And the Lord heard it. Now look at this. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Hey, don't mistake meek for weak. You know, and I'm just saying this, I really do believe that your pastor is a meek man. I really do. But But when you mistake meek for soft or weak, look, any man leading three and a half million people, he might be a lot of things, but he ain't weak. Three and a half million? How would you like to say that this man's leading a church? And it was a church. It wasn't a New Testament church, but it was a called out assembly, was it not? So it was a church. It even refers to it as the church in the wilderness. And I know it wasn't a local New Testament church like we got here tonight, but it was a large group of people. And a guy walks in, you say, how's your church doing? He said, well, we got a pretty good crowd coming. Well, what kind of crowd you got? Three and a half million. You got what? Three and a half million. And by the way, he didn't just see them Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He was with them every day and had to make sure one of them had something to eat, something to wear and, and water. He had to make sure that every need they had was met. Amen. Hey, for 40 years. 40 years. That's something to think about too. But anyhow, he was a meek, it said above all the men of the earth, which were upon the face of the earth, and the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Look at this. Come out, ye three. Now that would get your attention. You three, come here. Hey, you know when I was in school and a teacher would say, "Hey, you and you come here," and I'd say, Me? I said, "Me?" They said, "Yeah, you, you and you come here." Then you knew it's it's on now. Well, hey. God, God himself is saying, you three Moses, Miriam and Aaron, you three come out and I want to show you something unto the tabernacle of the congregation and they three came out and the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and they called Aaron and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth. Then he said Moses, you just stay where you are uh, Miriam, you and Aaron, come on. So now it's really thin and down. It's getting down to two. Now I'm gonna show you something. And he said, hear now my words. God said, I want you to hear me. Now folks, this is a scalding and scathing here. And he come down and said, hear my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him, not her. Say amen. amen. He said unto him. In a vision and was speaking to him in a dream. Look at this. My servant Moses is not so. Now here's what that means. Moses ain't like everybody else. Amen. He is a he's a general in this thing. He ain't your regular run of the mill. He's something, and he's telling them, "You got a real prophet among you." He said he's not just a, another preacher. Look at this. And he said, my, my servant Moses, verse seven is not so, who is faithful in all my house. In other words, he's the most faithful man I got. With him will I speak mouth to mouth. Even apparently and not in dark speeches And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? He said, was you not afraid to do what you did? Miriam, Aaron, was you not afraid to speak against Moses? Folks, I'm telling you, this is scary right here. Hey, they done got God in a killing mood here. They done got God ready to, to, listen, this is serious. Now look at it, if you don't think it is. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. Look at this, look at the next part. And he departed. God left. And he departed. And, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Aaron right away is repenting. I mean, right now, he's said, Moses, please don't, don't, please don't hold this against us. Uh, we've done, what did he say? Foolishly, foolishly. wherein we sin, we have sinned, we have sinned, meaning him and Miriam. And let her not be as one dead whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord saying, heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. Now here shows you a man that's right. Here's somebody been running him down, talking against him, talking about his wife. And what's he doing? He falls down and says, oh God, heal her. So you see, here's somebody that had that altar. See here again, you got a man's right, see. He said, heal her now, oh God, I beg thee or beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, if her father had but spit in her face... She should not be ashamed seven days. Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. After that, let her be received again. And Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days. Look at this statement. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. I'm gonna preach to you tonight, just a few minutes tonight on this thing of holding up the journey. One person held up three and a half million people because of their sin. Miriam held up the journey. Now, let me, let me just give you this thought here. First of all, let me give you the reason for the journey. I won't preach long. The reason for the journey, God brought them out to bring them in. He brought them out of Egypt out of bondage, delivered by the blood of the lamb, just like you and me are tonight, delivered by the blood of the lamb, we're saved by the crucified, buried, risen again, Son of God, washed tonight in the blood of Jesus Christ. So we're brought out of the bondage of sin, we're saved, amen? Now, so you and I, when we get saved, we start on that journey, the same place they're headed to Canaan. Canaan is not heaven, Canaan, is on earth and is a type of the victorious Christian life. See, and they're headed that way. They left Egypt headed for Canaan. They're heading for Canaan. So that's the reason for the journey. The blessings was on them. I mean, God was blessing them. He met every need that they had. And uh, he met every need they had. I mean, listen, God had met their needs. He clothed them, he fed them, he gave them water. He done everything for them. And by the way, right here, do you know where they're at, Brother Steve? They're on the brink of Canaan. They're on the brink, son of Canaan. They're almost in. Hey, you're in chapter, let's see, where are we at, chapter 12 of Numbers? You know what they did, Brother Steve? In the next chapter, is where Moses stopped and sent out the 12 uh, spies to go down into Kadesh Barnea to spy it out to see the land of Canaan. I mean, they're, they're on the threshold. Can I tell you tonight, folks, you got something going on here at this church. You're on the threshold of Canaan. But let me tell you something. That's exactly where the devil wants to stop you. And he don't care if it's a church split He don't care if the building blows away in a hurricane. He don't care if somebody gets sideways and causes trouble. The devil does not care. He's a murderer and a thief and a liar. And all he wants to do is stop the journey. So here's the thing. The reason for the journey, everybody under this roof tonight is trying to get to Canaan. Amen. Your pastor's leading you to Canaan. Hey, and God's blessed you. If you don't believe God blessed you, look around. You know, the sad part about a church, Brother Steve, like this, you know, uh, when something gets started, you take, like I was talking about Brother Andrew, maybe going and getting a church started up there in New York, and like Zach is out there in California, when you're in a storefront, and man, you get a PA system, somebody gives you a PA, or somebody comes in and can play the piano or play the bass guitar or play the organ, and somebody's got a good tenor voice, somebody can lead singing or whatever it might be, and you get additions and you get a bus gift to your van. I remember our church, listen, uh, one night I was preaching and a man come to the back door back yonder, was looking through the back glass while I was a preaching and I got done and he said, Brother Darrell, he said, "We our church has got a bus and ain't nobody will run it. It's been sat and he said, it's in good condition. He said, I'm a chairman of the deacons night and I told him, bless God, if y'all ain't going to do nothing with this bus, let's take it up there and give it to the preacher up, up a road there because I know he'll put people on it hey, you know what, man? When he done that that night, man, the amens went all over the place. People was excited. Now, here's what happens. If you ain't careful, you forget about how blessed you are. Folks, I'll tell you what you ought to do every now and then. Uh, What you ought to do every now and then is walk over across the road and walk around that old building and say, boy, God, you sure was with us here and you sure blessed us here. But oh, dear Lord, you give us property across the road and you've erected a beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, building and you've blessed us with a good, pastor and a good choir and good musicians and good people and you've financially met our needs and God, you've blessed us and added families. And Lord, that's the reason I'd be in that prayer meeting Saturday morning. Say amen. Well, look at me now. I'm just telling you tonight, if you're not careful, you'll forget the blessings of God. You'll forget what God's doing. You see, And Miriam and Aaron forgot that the shoes on their feet and the clothes on their back and the, uh, the quail meat and the manna and the water from the rock and all the things. Hey, built in air conditioning. That cloud that went with them by day kept the sun off of them in the desert heat. And at night, it was it put out heat. That's right. That cloud was important. When it said the cloud departed, that was serious. But it wasn't just a cloud moved. It meant God moved. That cloud was God. It was a Shekinah cloud that meant the power and the presence of God. That's what that was. And when God went up, the cloud left. And I'm gonna tell you folks, it don't take much for the cloud to leave. And what you need to do is figure out the reason for the journey. You're trying to get to Canaan. Now let me say this right here. I gotta, but look, it didn't look like no big deal that the sister-in-law to the preacher was talking about the preacher's wife. That don't look like a reason to hold up three and a half million people. But you know what, folks? It don't take but a little bit of dirt in your gas tank to stop your vehicle. Hey, just a little bit, a few grains of dirt to get in there, Brother Steve, will stop a 5,000-pound car from moving. Just a little bit of dirt. And I'm telling you that the rebellion in the journey, the reason for the journey, trying to get to Canaan, the rebellion is they didn't like the preacher's wife. They wouldn't even talk about Moses. They talked talk about his wife. They didn't like his wife. But you know what happened? The rebellion, they were judging and they were jealous, no doubt brother, it held up the journey. I mean, it stopped it dead in its tracks. And what you ought to do is just look in your life and say, boy, dear Lord, help me to just not hold up the journey. Amen. Calvary Baptist Church is on the roll. It's moving. I mean, this train's rolling. Whatever you do, don't get dirt in the gas tank. Hey, whatever you do, don't, don't, throw, a, a, don't throw something in the cog and get the thing going. We It's rolling. Don't stop it. Amen. Keep the rebellion out. Hey, you say, well, what do you mean? Watch your time. Yes, hey, Amen. watch your attitude. Amen. You'd be surprised. They don't take what you think. See, we think about people being in sin, guys that are smoking drug, uh, dope. Somebody told me, they said, Pastor, you need to update things a little bit. You call, you call uh, narcotics and drugs is what you need to call. Hey, look, it's dope. Hey, when I was going to high school, it's dope. It's still dope. Everybody's got it though. Amen. If I up to where Zach is, I might say narcotics. Bless God, it's still dope down here in the Carolinas. Amen. If I was up in some city somewhere, it's dope. Everybody's got it down here. But you, we think we have to go down here and buy a six-pack of beer to stop the liquor store, and buy a fifth of liquor, or or buy drugs or something and, and get drunk to stop the journey. But that's not true. All it takes is an old rebellious attitude. All it takes is to be critical, start criticizing things, get get an old ill critical spirit, get get sideways with somebody, get against somebody, and then just carry that home with you. You're jealous because the song director asked so and so to sing, and, and you ain't got to sing for a while, or or you're uh, he uh, brother Steve uh, got somebody to be a deacon and you've been here longer than they did and they didn't get a deacon. I don't know, brother Steve. I, I hey I ain't he ain't talked to me about nothing. It got real quiet, so I, I must be in a fishing hole somewhere. I don't know, but I will tell you this. I wouldn't stop the journey over my agenda. Amen. It ain't that big a deal. Go on. Yes. Just go on. Just say, hey, I don't want to hold up the journey. So we see the reason for the journey. Everybody's trying to get to Canaan. And then the rebellion in the journey was just being critical. Yes, sir. Mary wasn't out there running around with some other man. Mary wasn't out here using drugs. She's just talking about the preacher's wife. Boy, that ain't good. I'll tell you what it done. Hey, leprosy, I don't know if you know this or not, leprosy was way worse than getting COVID. There wasn't no cure. Leprosy, God either touched you or you died. Leprosy is a type of sin. You either get born again or die and go to hell with it. And let me tell you, She was in a bad way. That's why Moses fell right down and said, oh God, heal her now. But you see how Moses was? Moses didn't want her punished. Moses didn't want her being plagued. And you know what? When your heart's right, you don't rejoice in seeing anybody go through anything. Are you listening? Hey, let me give you something else. The rebuke in the journey. Verses uh, one and two, they rebuke, they spake against Moses' wife. You know why they done it? No fear of God. You know what we need? An old fashioned revival of fear of God where we're afraid to do things. We're afraid of things. I mean, we're, we're afraid of fooling with, with something that we, we... Hey, let me tell you something. I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm gonna tell you something. Do you know that my wife, tell you, I'm fanatical about things. Do you know I won't lay my Bible on the floor? And I won't lay my coat on my Bible. I won't lay a commentary on my Bible. You say, why? It, it, it's like the Ark of the Covenant. It's something you don't monkey with. It's something you don't fool with. Are you listening? See, and what is, we ought to fear God. If I was right now, if I was as backslid as a billy goat, but none, you couldn't get me to take a Bible and just sling it. I wouldn't leave my Bible laying in the back window of my car and leave it laying there where the sun would get to it. Oh, I know. Hey, I was going to the dumpster one day to throw away some trash and a bus kid, no doubt a piece of a Bible, just a leaf out of a Bible, part of a leaf, it's torn in half. And it was some scripture that had come out of a Bible and was blowing across the church parking lot and I got it and took it and put it in my desk drawer. You said, preacher, that's crazy. No, that's, that's the Word of God. But you don't do that. See, that's the reason we get to where we're used to things. Hey, do you know what, really? You ought to teach your kids in this auditorium in here, you don't bring food in here. Amen. You ought to say, that's the place for praying, Amen. preaching, and singing. You got a fellowship hall, you go in there and eat. Amen. You don't come in here and bring cookies and crackers and candies. This is God's house in here. This is God's, this is is the house of God. Are you listening? You don't come in there and just do anything you want to do. Hey, you ought to say, hey, and you ought not let your little kids just jump up here and just run around up here and grab these mics and mess with them. Because let me tell you what happens, Brother Steve. Let me tell you what happens. They lose the awe of this place. They lose the awe of it in that they lose fear of it, so it's just there. That's the reason that our Christian school, I don't care about chapels so much being in our church auditorium because I don't want the school kids to just say, yeah, this is just the classroom. It's not. It's God's house. Somebody say amen. Oh, I'm telling you. And by the way, let me just say this right here. The rebuke was because of God's man. I just want to say this right here. Folks, listen. Brother Steve Pope's made out of the same stuff every man in this room's made out of. He's subject to mistakes and just like anybody else in here. But let me tell you something. God did save him and call him. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Whether you like it or don't like it, whether you disagree or agree, it doesn't matter. Brother, before he was born, God said Steve Pope's gonna be the pastor at Calvary Baptist. I've set him aside as one of my preachers. Brother Ronnie, I was reading this week about Jeremiah. And he told me, he said, "Hey, before you was even born, me, mother's womb, I knew you, knew what you was going to do." Oh, yeah. Hey, old John the Baptist, listen, he was, he was, it was set what he was going to do before he was ever born. Yes, sir. And it was for me. If I'd have been God, I'd have passed me up like a pay train passing a tramp. Yeah. But God, don't look at things like I look at things sometimes. Right. Are y'all listening? Cool. See, God sometimes. He, he takes people that, that I'd pass up and he said, no, I'd use him. I'd use her for this. This is what I want him to do. This is what I want her to do. But when it comes to the pastor of your church, you ought to teach your children. Now, son, you don't, you don't. hey, it's different. That's, that's a pastor. You don't run up and call him Steve. Young man, young lady, let me tell you something. You have children one day, you, you teach your children, hey, this is God's man. And I'll tell you something else. It would be, you do whatever you want to do, but if I was you, you know what I'd do? When church was over at night, I wouldn't let my kids just run out all these back doors and side doors. stuff. I'd make sure my children went by and 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 the man of God shook hands with them. They need to stay in contact with God's man. See, nowadays, hey, I'm just telling you, it's sad today. And I don't care, I, what I'm saying, I ain't trying to get no business drummed up for me. I don't care. If, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't feel the way I do, but i just say, hey, if somebody don't want to, if they want to go around me, that's all right. I don't care. But for your children's sake, for your children's sake, you will say, you know what, son, that right there is God's man. You ought to get the pastor to sign your Bible. Hey, you know what, if somebody comes up to me want wants me to sign their Bible, I will if you, if you done had him sign it. I ain't sign it to your pastor's sign. Amen. You say, why? Honor your preacher. Amen. Hey, so you got the reason for the journey, the rebellion in the journey. And then you got the rebuke in the journey. God rebuked them. Hey, do you know something? We need an old fashioned revival of respect for authority. Amen. Hey, it's broke down in the home. You know what the Bible says? I, I ain't gonna go much longer, but you know what the Bible says? I read it yesterday morning in my devotions, Proverbs 30, there is a generation. And then it starts. There's a generation that are pure in their own eyes, yet not washed from their own filthiness. There's a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you're there. It used to be an outlaw, loved his mother and daddy. But now, there's what it means he curses his mother and father, no respect for him. No respect for the man of God. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. If I would have been Donald Trump, I'm just gonna tell y'all something. And I had as much money as he does. I'd have told his whole outfit, kissed my foot, I'm going somewhere to start me a country. I'd have said, hey, y'all can do whatever you wanna do. Bless God, I'm out of here. Y'all can have it. I mean, every morning you wake up, your face is on the front page of the paper somebody cussing you and you you got the economy on all time high. You you got the military stronger than it's been in all these years. Hey, and then all of a sudden, every day, you're getting cussed out and lies told on you and trying to get you into all this. Hey, and I know he ain't God, but folks, uh, uh, some little old mouse-eyed, pencil neck uh, news reporter ought to be afraid to say something out of respect of the president of the United States. Hey, am I saying right? Hey, they ought to be, people ought to be, uh, that ought to be, what about your school principal? Or your Sunday school teacher? Or a police officer? Hey, I wanted to say this tonight, bless God, they ought to give every police officer in America a, a good raise, Hey, I'm just telling you tonight, and I know police officers is just like everybody else. Some of them ain't perfect. Some of them probably ought to be fired. But I'll tell you this, most of them needs a raise, a handshake, a hug, and a pat on the back. Because I'm going to tell you something, buddy, I wouldn't have their job. Out there getting cussed and spit on and lied and, and rocks thrown through your windshield, getting shot sitting in your cruiser. Hey, I'm telling all that kind of foolishness ought all stop. But you know what? There was a time when people respected police officers. There was a time when they respected principals of school. I would have never even thought about talking back to my principal. Or one of my teachers. I never, I never did talk back to a teacher. Not one time. In 12 years and two summers. I didn't talk against them. Hey man, I didn't say nothing against them. You know why? They were my authority. Right. You know what it says about David? David had a group of men that knew how to keep rank. Yes, sir. You know what? In a church, you know what was with this whole problem? Miriam didn't know her place. Right. Amen. Brother Steve, she tried to overthrow her authority and said, I don't like the way the preacher's wife's doing it. Right. Da, 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 da. And she was telling her brother, she wouldn't tell another woman, I don't guess, but if she didn't say it, but she did tell her brother she didn't care for Moses' wife. And the Bible said the Lord heard it. Yeah, now let me tell y'all something. You know what she did? She got out of line. Yeah. Folks, figure out what God put you to do and, and just do it and don't worry about what everybody else is do. Yeah. Hey, if you sing in the choir, don't try to run the choir. Yeah. Just sing in it. Give them your voice and your heart. Be at practice on time. Do your dead level best. But don't try to tell a choir director what to do. Let him lead it. If God put him leading the choir, let him lead the choir. If you're a Sunday school teacher, follow your Sunday school teacher. Follow your pastor. Get, get in line and just keep rank. Keep rank. Stay where you're supposed to stay. I, I ain't. You know why? You say, what's the big deal? It holds up the journey. Then let me say this right here. The record that held up the journey. You know what they did? They sinned against light. They knew better. They knew better. They sinned against light. Verse number nine. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. The danger of sinning against light. Aaron and Miriam knew better. They'd seen the miracles. Hey, let me tell you something. Look at this. You are to have yourself, and I'm just using this example. If I'd have been over across the road all those years in that little old building and seen what's going on here, I'd say, "Buddy, you got my." I mean, I guarantee you, our man of God's God's man. Look what we look what we had, and look what we got. Look at what we've seen happen. Look at look at what God's doing, man. Hey, you won't get me in on that. If I'd have been Aaron when Miriam said that, I said, "Whoa, Miriam, hold it right there, sister. No." And the reason God didn't kill Aaron and and put him into being a leper, he wasn't the one that started it, she did. But listen to what I'm telling you. If I had seen a man, Brother Stephen, I'm about done preaching, but if I'd seen a man walk in and tell the king of a a nation, you better get right with God tomorrow, These frogs going to take this place over if you don't turn us loose. And the next day, they was frogs, Brother Steve, coming out of fiddle cases, guitar cases, cabinets. They was in the, they was in the, they was in the bread boxes. They was in the refrigerators. Yeah. They was in the cellars. They was in the living room, dining room, bathroom. Frogs was cu- by the thousands and millions and millions of them. Then Pharaoh said, hey, come on back here. And he said, I'll turn them loose tomorrow. Then here comes flies. Then here's lice and then darkness and then water turned into blood and all these different things. All these things happened every time that preacher said that and you think I'm gonna say anything about him? (laughs) No, I don't know. You know what they did? They sinned against light. The light was. And then he stands and holds his arm out when there's an army against him, thousands of soldiers and he just takes that rod and holds it out of the Red Sea and it rolls back like carpet. And it's as dry as as an eight lane highway. And he said, All right, let's go through. And they walk through there, and he turns around, and here comes the army in after him, and he speaks again, and the thing caves in and drowns everybody. You think you're going to get me to say somebody's wife? No, sir. They sinned against light, they'd seen the miracles. Now, let me just give you this real quickly, and we're going to leave here. The next thing, the removal of God's presence. Folks, let me tell you, you got God's presence. You know what I do? I do everything I had to do myself personally to keep it here. Because I'm gonna tell you something. It's easier to keep him than it is to get him back if you ever lose him. I've seen churches try it. It don't work much. Once the cloud leaves, hey, can I just say this right here? And I know I'm on Facebook, but I'm gonna say it anyhow. This brother and sister back here, I'm about done, but they said, preacher, we heard all them giants you were talking about last night. Dr. Lee Robertson. Brother Steve, in my opinion, I had him for 21 meetings in 21 years in a row. I never met a godlier, more gracious Christian gentleman with the power of God than Lee Robertson. I mean, listen, he looked more like an Old Testament prophet than anybody I have met. I mean, when he looked at you, his eyes tore holes in you. He'd hold them old bony hands up and look up like that. When he did, I was looking for lightning to strike. (laughs) What What a man of God, preached for over 70 years. Listen to what I'm telling you. But you know what happened? Some people in his church spake against him. I know for a fact. They say he's too old, he's too strict. He's too this, he's too that. Well, let me tell you what, he resigned and they started searching for another pastor. And you know what it was said? A man personally said, I was standing in line and heard a man say, we don't want another Lee Robertson. Said, we've had, en-. here's what they said. We've had enough of Moses. We don't want another one. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Bless God, when they got the one they got, they didn't get a Moses either. But Brother Steve, go down there now. If you want to see what it means for the cloud to depart, just take a drive to Chattanooga sometime. Where there used to be thousands trying to get across the street to get in that building. I've been in there 6,500 seats. And I went in there one night, Brother Andrew, and I couldn't find a seat. 6,500 seats and I couldn't get a seat. Packed. Old Dr. Robertson, get up there and preach those powerful messages. Just preach with power. Drive through there now. You said, what happened? The same thing that happened right here. So here's what I'm just telling you. It held up the journey. Dr. Malone, go up there and find Midwestern Baptist Con. Find, find Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's not even there. Go to Northside in Charlotte. running thousands. They're not there. Go to Corpus Christi, Texas People's Baptist Church where Roloff was. See, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When, when, when the cloud's over you, make sure you keep the cloud. Well, you say, well, what do you do? Keep your mouth shut. Your attitude right. Keep your heart right. Amen. Keep all that right. And just get in your lane and stay where you're supposed to stay and do what you're supposed to. Now, if I was you and I was a member of this church, if I was a member of this church and I was a man and I heard him say a while ago, boys were having a prayer meeting at Saturday at 8.30. Now you may not stay and pray till 8.30 at night, but you could say, you know what? I'm at least going to show up. If I can't stay for 20 minutes, I'm going. Right. If I have to go up there and stay just 30 minutes, I got something I got to do, but I'm going to go to the church for 30 minutes and let the pastor know I was there. I'm, I, I'm with him. And I'm going to go and fall on my face for 30 minutes and call on God. That's good, and then if he says, we're going to roast hot dogs out behind the church that night at nine, I'm going to try to be back and do that again that night. You say, well, what's that got to do with anything? It keeps the journey moving. Are you listening? Now, here's what happened. Listen, later, when they repented, and he said, God, we've sinned. You know what happened? The journey resumed. But they journeyed not. They journeyed not while while Miriam had messed up. Hey, I wouldn't do nothing to hold up the journey. Now, see, I'm a pastor of a church. I'm not a, Brother Ronnie, I'm not a member. I mean, I'm a member of my church. But you know what I would really, and sometimes I'd like to do, Brother Tim, I'd like to be a member, like of a church like this, and just be a member. I really do believe I could be one of the best you've ever had, Steve. I believe I could, because I'll tell you something, unless I was gone preaching, I'd be sitting right in these chairs. And when the plate come around, my tithe would go in at my offering. And when you called that prayer meeting, sir, I'd be in it. And when he preached, I'd say amen. Amen. And when he said, "Uh, let's sing, I'd sing. I'd do everything in my power to keep the cloud over top of the tabernacle and to keep the Holy Ghost around there. Hey, you got the journey moving. The journey's moving. And you know what? When she come out there, they journeyed on. Amen. And you know where it all stopped? Right on the edge of Canaan. That's right. That's right. Brother Steve, it on the brink. Hey, do you know what? I don't know if some of you last night went home, I taped it and watched that Ohio State in uh, Alabama. And boys from Alabama's tough down there, I'm telling you. Yeah. But you know what happens? You, you, you get to watching a football team. They'll play defense. But you get in what they call the red zone. That's when it gets hard. You, you score in the red zone. When they get down there. Hey, and especially, Brother Ronnie, they get down on about the four or five yard line. That's when it starts getting tough. You, you run a touchdown there, you're going to earn every bit of it. You know why? Because it's bunched up. They're in the middle. They're going, they're going for the kill down there to stop it because they know if they don't stop it. You know where the devil gets, on a, uh, gets after a church? When it gets in the red zone. When they're shouting like you was tonight and saying amen. Hey, when they're going soul winning, when they're trying to keep sinners out of hell, when you're giving money to missions, when you're tithing, when you're singing the praises of God, let me tell you something, that's where the devil neighbor will get you and, and buckle down to keep you out of Canaan. Now, you ought to make your mind up tonight. And say, I don't care what happens. Listen, I'm in the journey. Amen. Buddy, we're with the journey. You know, there's some of y'all here tonight that I guess the first time I ever preached here, you was here. Some of you been here, I, I don't remember. But turn, I don't remember ever preaching here you wasn't here, you and your wife. I don't remember. I mean, at a meeting, there might've been some time you missed due to sickness or something, I'm sure maybe. But what I'm trying to say, you, you was here in the beginning, you're still here. Some of the rest of you, you y'all been here for years and many, many, many years. Folks, listen, why don't you finish the journey? Finish the journey. Old Caleb, some of them got there and bogged down again over in Numbers 13. Old Caleb, old man, jumped up and said, we're well able to overcome them, bless God. I can see him jumping up on a stump and said, hey, everybody, give me your attention. He said, there's much land to be possessed and we're well able to overcome the giants. And brother, let me tell you tonight, you ought to stay in the journey. Just stay in the journey. Hey, years ago, them old happy Goodmans. Brother, that was back when that's back when gospel music was gospel music. I'm going to tell you right now, Brother now listen, Vestal Goodman, listen, could sing the house down. She could sing. Brother, she'd sing that song, What a Lovely Name, the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right now, friend. If you was a Lutheran, you'd run. If there's anything in you. Vestal sing, what a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen to this. But you know what? It, now that one part about that wouldn't take nothing from a journey now. They need to rewrite that part. It's part of it. I wouldn't take nothing from a journey now and it would say, I'm going to get to heaven somehow. I'm going to stop and say, oh, Vestal, oh, hang on, sister. You know, you're going to get there somehow. You're going by the new birth and you know you are, so somebody needs to sit down and work on that. And, but I like it. I wouldn't take nothing for the journey I'm in now. And I know I ain't going to heaven somehow. I'm going by the new birth in the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'm not going to jam the journey. That'd be a good title for this, would not jamming up the journey. <laughs> Don't monkey with the journey. Don't throw something in it and stop it. Say, we're moving. This train's rolling. It's rolling. And I ain't doing nothing to get the cloud away from here. Amen. Folks, let me tell you tonight. If I was you and I was a member of this church, I'd hit this altar and night say, so Oh, God, help me and my family. Look right here. Remember Achan in the book of Judges? Or, or, uh, Joshua. All he done was take a Babylonian garment and a wedge of silver and gold that they told him not to take. You know what it did? It caused them to lose a the war. The whole nation lost the war over a man stealing something he shouldn't have taken. Brother Tim had held the whole thing up. And they had to take care of that before they ever got the light back. If I was you tonight, I'd say, oh, God, help me and my family this year to do everything we can to help Calvary Baptist Church keep moving. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Hey, come tonight. Just use this old altar tonight. will not you just get up and come? And the piano players are gonna come and play. Why don't you as members tonight come? Use the front row. Use anything you can find up here. Make you an altar up here somewhere. If you're a member of this church or a member of the church you're a member of, you come tonight. That's right. You come tonight. God bless you. As they play tonight, would you come? Let's find a place to pray. Would you pray tonight for your church? Don't wait till Saturday morning to pray. Come on, pray now. Come on, pray now. Some of you physically maybe ain't able. I understand that. Would you come right now, Christians? Would you come? Find you a place. Clear you out a spot. Oh, God, help me and my wife and my children. God, help us to stay by the stuff. Lord, help us tonight. God, to have revival. May the power of God be in this place. Lord, use my Sunday school class to keep the journey going. Lord, use me as a deacon. Lord, use me as a choir member. Lord, use me tonight, use us. Help me never to get out of source. If you are tonight and you say, Preacher, I ain't where I ought to be tonight. You come tonight and get to this altar and get things fixed. You come tonight. If there's somebody here tonight night lost without God And you need the Lord Jesus Christ tonight as your Savior. He died on the cross of Calvary for your sins, was buried and rose again the third day that you could be saved. My friends, you need Jesus tonight if you're not saved. Would you raise that hand and say, Preacher, that's me. I don't even know if I died, I'd go to heaven. Remember me. Would you raise your hand tonight? Anybody like that at all? Raise that hand tonight so I can see your hand. Pray for you. Then our Father, I pray tonight, God, that you'll help this church, Lord, to go forward in the winning of souls, baptizing converts, seeing a revival spirit, keeping the joy of the Lord in the old-time religion. God bless Brother Steve, Sister Tammy, give them health and strength. Bless their family, bless this. their deacons here and there choir, their youth leaders, their Sunday school, their children's church, their bus ministry. God bless them. And Lord, help them to continue on for many, many, many decades and years till Jesus comes. And Lord, you may come tonight, but until you come, bless them in Jesus' name. And for Jesus' sake, amen. Preacher, I'm through. Let's all stand tonight, if you would, please.